1: This is Sin tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on
3: Sin, the sports betting network.
2: All right, welcome to hour number two, VSEN tonight. Matt Humans in studio with Taylor Swift and I mean Wes Reynolds. That was a swift uh, return from the West. It from the had there, to be, yeah, tonight. because there was
3: a uh, a couple holding hands. Uh, eyeballing the area and the whole book. And uh, we always like that uh, when we're in a rush uh, to get down that line back from the restroom.
2: This place is going to be packed uh, the next two weeks. So uh, if you haven't made it to Circus Sportsbook, check it out. It's one of the best spots to be in Vegas, if not the best spot to be if you're a sports better. The world's largest sportsbook. And then the stadium swims unlike any other. I've already had people ask me, where are you going to be on Super Bowl Sunday? I'm going to be right here uh, for most of the day. Where are you going to be, Super Bowl? Sunday.
3: I don't know. I don't okay. know. I'll make my rounds. Uh, uh, I actually am, am very glad that uh, I'll have Super Bowl Sunday off for the most part, except maybe for some, like, phone guest spots or something. So uh, I've had to work the game a couple times uh-huh. uh, here on, on the network. And, look, always enjoy uh, doing that, but I would also enjoy watching the game as well.
2: Rare Sunday off for you, huh? The network's not going to feature you as an analyst on the uh, Super Bowl coverage? I,
3: I, I, don't, I don't believe so. Which is fine with me. It's fine with you? Yes.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's okay to have a Super Bowl Sunday off. Mm-hmm. If you wanna hang out here at Circa, you'll probably do a couple guest spots on some shows, whatever. But um uh, not hosting a show is uh probably not that important to you, I would think, on that day, because you've hosted shows. Pretty much six days a week for the last uh, we've, several we months. We've
3: had to do, um, you know, the the end game and, and all that stuff. So uh, uh, we'll have the uh, full lineup. It's being advertised uh, already on the network. And obviously, stay tuned in the v Sin Daily. Bill will get you up to
2: date. want to talk about the uh, Chiefs. The last two weeks, Wes, I was on the Chiefs in all three playoff games. Now, in the first game in Kansas City against the Dolphins, I thought this was pretty easy handicap. That game was in the bitter cold why the hell would you bet the Dolphins? It was going to be Chiefs or pass for me in that one. Chiefs won 26-7, pretty much dominated. And they go on the road to Buffalo the next week. A lot of sharp betters like the Bills. Chiefs get it done as underdogs. Go to Baltimore last week. Last weekend, a lot of sharp betters Love the Ravens. Chiefs get it done again. And I think this Kansas City defense has been underrated by a lot of people. And I thought the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo and the defensive coordinator specifically did it. Hell of a coaching job. Andy Reid gets a lot of credit. But Andy Reid's got some flaws to get uh, covered up by Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. The most important coach on the KC staff on Sunday in Baltimore was Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator. He was aggressive. He was blitzing Lamar Jackson. Lamar had no idea what to do. Todd Monkin, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens, completely taken out of his game. Hey, he forgot that they got the number one rushing offense in the NFL, and they were trying to win the game with Lamar Jackson's arm. The Chiefs have done a great job the last couple weeks defensively, and uh, now they're going to face a 49ers offense in the Super Bowl. It's got more weapons than the Bills, got more weapons than the Ravens, even though they might not have. Uh, those teams had a better quarterback than what the 49ers have got. Can I give you How a, impressed are you with what the Chiefs have done the last two weeks? On the
3: I, I'm very impressed. And you mentioned, I think, one of the really chief reasons was uh, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. And uh, let me go ahead and give you some numbers here. Steve Spagnuolo's teams, when he is a defensive coordinator, uh, obviously not not the head coach. That didn't go well uh, the first time. Uh, 100 wins and 63 losses, 163 in the regular season, 16-3 and three in the playoffs with three Super Bowl wins and going for a fourth in less than two weeks' time. Of course, a uh, couple with the Giants, and then uh, uh, now uh, we won a couple years ago with Kansas City and uh, going for the fourth. So I think that that's been the reason, really, and they won it with the defense in the second half because the, the game plan, I thought, for, for the Chiefs, they were very much protecting a lead oh yeah they were very much protecting a lead they were not trying to do anything funky here don't don't mess it up let's just get out of here let our defenses get the stop and keep getting pressure on Lamar Jackson and uh let uh Todd Monken uh call a horrible game which he did throughout (laughs) not only from the first quarter to the fourth quarter he called a horrible game didn't run the ball it's like It's like when they were down 10, they felt like they were down 30 or something. Like, they never ran the ball. When you have, by the way, and this is a side note, I know Kansas City's the main topic here, but your two main running backs are Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. And they had a combined six carries. It's crazy. Gus Edwards had 15 yards on his first carry from scrimmage. It's like, here we go. It's insanity. You know, he's going to have a big game here, and – Just didn't run the ball, and that's what the Chiefs want you to do. They're a run-funnel defense because they can not only get pressure with their front four with Chris Jones, Carl Loftus was huge uh, yesterday, and he's really been coming along the last several weeks. But they can also send pressure. They can also send linebackers. They can send corner and safety blitzes. They trust that their corners and their safeties can cover, and they can cover on an island here. So they are a run-funnel defense. So they invite you to run the ball. Baltimore just did not take the invitation, but I think San
2: Francisco will. Absolutely stunned by the Baltimore offensive game plan yesterday not running the ball more. A couple things to talk about here. One is uh, the Chiefs just lost one of the studs on their defensive line. This is not going to be talked about much the two weeks, next two weeks before the game, but it might matter. Charles Amenehu, defensive end, had seven sacks this season, and that's despite missing the first six games with an NFL suspension, tore his ACL. He's done, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Chief's going to lose a key guy on the offensive line. The second part is, you talk talking about Super Bowl props. You can run on this KC defense, even though the Ravens didn't do it yesterday. Do you have to look at Christian McCaffrey rushing yards over?
3: I would think so. Is that, I, I is think that
2: you, one that you want to bet early, too, because you know that number is going to get bet up?
3: Or? Yeah, you certainly do. All the stars are going to get bet early on the props. So, yeah, that's one you'd want to look at. And and maybe even though it didn't get there yesterday, did have three carries. I think a, a long of seven yards and then uh, I think lost yards on on the other ones. But uh, uh, Debo Samuel maybe over his rushing yards because I think that they're going to use him a little bit more. And Kyle Shanahan said that all year. Yeah, we're not going to do it as much in the regular season, but when the games really, really matter, we're going to use him now. They only ran him three times. Part of that, too, was they got behind 24-7. So especially if the 49ers are tied in the game, depending on how you think the game flow and the game script is going to go, if they're tied or, you know, within a one-score game, either leading or trailing, I think they're going to run Debo Samuel a lot more. And certainly now – if they didn't already, you got to have the confidence in Brock Purdy because he kept drives alive. Five carries for 48 yards, that long of 21, that kept a drive alive. That was really big in the second half. So the McCaffrey is going to be taxed. So maybe if you want to attack, okay, this Chiefs rush defense that was 27th in rush DBOA on that side of the ball, maybe using Debo Samuel over, you know, or or potentially Purdy. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, by the way, uh, now he was more on the goal line. He did end up having four carries, so you can attack via yards or you can attack via carries. But I think Debo's going to get a couple more touches out of the backfield in in two weeks.
2: Christian McCaffrey had 20 carries, 90 yards, four receptions, 42 yards. That's one guy who's – I mean, this is rather obvious – but sometimes the obvious plays get there. I think McCaffrey's going to be the horse that the 49ers try to ride. Oh, no question. Here in this game. So I would look to play those props early before those numbers get bet up too much. They're going to get bet up over the next week and a half when the McCaffrey props uh, go up on the board. And also, what you you made a good point about Debo Samuel. I didn't think he was going to run much against the, the Lions because he's been banged up.
3: And because he, the Lions are pretty right. darn good rush defense. Yeah. But, you know, did get three carries, only seven yards. But... I, I think this time around, you're going to see him used a little bit more in the running game.
2: All right, so if you missed the first hour of the show tonight, early on in our show, DraftKings moved the Super Bowl line from San Francisco 49ers minus 1.5 to minus 2. And uh, the total is still 47 at DraftKings. It's 47 and a half here at Circa, and the Super Bowl line is 1.5 here at Circa. Uh, Wes, before the playoffs... If you put the 49ers and the Chiefs on a neutral, what would the number have been? Probably would have been three. Say we're going to take the Niners, we're going to take the Chiefs, we're going to put them in Vegas before the playoffs. I think the Niners would have been three and a half point favorites.
3: You you might be right, too. At least it would have been three just because – the 49ers had been favorite all season long. The Chiefs, they didn't stumble into the playoffs, Matt. But you know, it wasn't like they were exactly setting the world on fire. There were there were people that were willing to bet Miami, and and actually some smart people willing to bet Miami in the freezing ass cold yeah, against Kansas City and Arrowhead Stadium. And, and the fact that I, I didn't bet Miami, but I wasn't willing to lay Kansas City in the spread, you know, shows that I didn't have a lot of confidence necessarily based on how they were playing, even though I didn't want Miami in almost below zero temperatures. But, you know, Kansas City, I thought, was relatively impressive, relatively workmanlike. You can be workmanlike and still be impressive. You don't have to put up video game numbers. And then to go to Buffalo, and look, Buffalo— Buffalo laid the blueprint, too, for Baltimore in terms of how to attack Kansas City. Buffalo just didn't end up winning the game. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean the game plan was wrong. And Baltimore just completely went off the rails and did something different. And that's why they are sitting at home. And Kansas City going to be playing here in Vegas in two weeks.
2: Baffling, mind-boggling, the way the Baltimore Ravens approached that game yesterday, offensively and defensively. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Wes, quick update on hoops. Rockets lead the Lakers 119-105 with five minutes to go. And that one, it's been a blowout most of the way in favor of the Rockets. And Houston, 41-33 to 33 over Texas, three minutes into the uh, second half. The
3: and, and we also are at halftime, by the way, Milwaukee and Denver – you know, two teams. Uh, I think the last two NBA champions, Milwaukee and Denver, tied at 56. Uh, star of stars, though, has been Jamal Murray. He's got 21 in the first half. Uh, a couple other finals to get you before break. Cleveland beats the Clippers, 118 to 108. A full allotment of Clippers tonight too, with Kawhi and uh, Paul George playing. Uh, Knicks over Charlotte. Celtics come back against the Pelicans, win by six. Phoenix over Miami, 118 to 105.
2: Longhorns making a little run here. They've cut it to six early in the second half against the Houston Cougars. All right, we'll talk more college hoops when we come back here on B tonight.
1: This is v tonight with Matt Humans and Wes
3: Reynolds on v the sports betting network.
2: All right, let's talk some college hoops, Wes Reynolds. It was a uh, big Saturday and a pretty interesting Sunday in college basketball. We're going to rewind to Sunday first. Number one and number two in the poll in action. UConn, number one, 99-56 blowout of Xavier. And uh, number two, Purdue on the road at Rutgers. I took the 10.5 with the Scarlet Knights, put yep. that up on the VSIM Pro page. I thought, I actually thought that number should have been around seven, seven and a half. I just, Purdue does not play well. At Rutgers had lost three times in a row on that home floor. I think they call it Jersey Mike's Arena now. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the big Kahuna cheesesteak? I have had the Jersey big Mike's?
3: Kahuna cheesesteak. It is very, it is very good. Uh, but
2: yeah, Purdue, mm-hmm. look, that group
3: of seniors had never won there. And finally got it done. They led the whole way, but Rutgers in the second half, Rutgers was down 13 at the half and then came back and uh, cut it to you know, Yeah, made it a one late. possession game, yeah. and Purdue was able to close him out. But no, won haven't.
2: the game by eight, 68 to 60. Uh, it got a little tight with the spread there at the end, but like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue had a comfortable lead most of the way. What'd you make of the UConn and Purdue wins?
3: Well, UConn, uh, that's a very impressive win. I know yeah. Xavier. Is down in term in terms of personnel right now, just because they haven't had Fremantle all year, they haven't had Jerome Hunter all year. But this Xavier club has been competitive, and to see them just get absolutely annihilated, because uh, Xavier, Xavier, I know they're ten and ten, but they got good wins. They beat St. Mary's, they beat Cincinnati, they beat uh, Seton Hall, they beat Butler, Providence on the road, and ninety nine to fifty six UConn. And uh, this was with Donovan Klingin, by the way, only playing 19 minutes. Because keep in mind, he's only been back for a couple games uh, after his injury, but uh, had, I believe, 18 points and eight rebounds in 19 minutes. So y- UConn looking very, very impressive right now.
2: UConn closed a 12-point favorite at DraftKings, 1 by 43. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about Purdue was catching 10, 10 and a half, 1 by 8. I want to talk about the Memphis game because – Stock is down. It's falling on the Memphis Tigers, four-point favorites at UAB. The a little money showed up on UAB and. Um... The Tigers go down to the Blazers 97-88, to so Memphis on a little bit of a slide. Memphis
3: has lost three in a row, Uh, lost to South Florida at home. Now, South Florida has shown some improvement. Uh, They got another big win on Saturday. Lose by two at Tulane. Those games are always close between Memphis and Tulane, though. And then lose at UAB, so now a three-game losing streak for Memphis, uh... Just four and three in the American Athletic Conference. So uh, looking at the top of the heap right now, Florida Atlantic still at the top of the heap, seven and one. But here's the thing with FAU. They've been getting a lot of close shave games here. And now that you're FAU, you're not just a little school in Boca Raton. You're the school that made the final four. Uh, last year and they get every, they get team's best shot uh had to come back late against North Texas a really tough team to play against slows the tempo plays really good defense and only one by three didn't cover the number didn't cover the number against UTSA a couple games ago didn't cover against Wichita so yeah UTS or FAU has been in a lot of really close games but they are leading the conference at seven and one in Memphis right there in the middle at four and three.
2: Disappointing for Memphis at this point. Florida Atlantic uh, yesterday beat North Texas 66-63. to
3: Had to come back as they trailed most of the game.
2: I mean, the Owls were nine-and-a-half point home favorites in that game. Stock is a little down on FAU, but I think it's up on New Mexico. And I've had people ask me, who, you know, who could be this season's Florida Atlantic? Maybe New Mexico. Maybe New Mexico could be this season's San Diego State. Yeah, Northern well, when West. you got
3: you got senior guards and and they really do. good guards. Yes,
2: Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn Jr., Donovan Dent. Uh, New Mexico's got good guards. They
3: killed Nevada oh, last man. night because uh, we had that on one wow. of the monitors while we were doing never the big game, game look ahead.
2: Never in the game.
3: I was very surprised to see Nevada good. not that competitive. Eighty nine to fifty five, New Mexico the winner. Jalen House had uh, twenty one, Mashburn fourteen. Uh, The big kid, uh, senior, uh, Nelly Jr. Joseph, one of the great names of college basketball, he had 12, uh, by the way, and 10 rebounds. So, yeah, the Lobos, all of a sudden, you know, you got to really look at them for real in the Mountain West Conference. you got to look at the whole conferences for real because I know it seems like four teams is the limit, Matt, but... Uh, It's probably going to be five. They could get five. How about how about you?
2: Pac-12's way down.
3: Yeah, Pac-12's yeah, because Pac-12's uh, going to get less bids. Big uh, 10's going to get less bids. Uh, so that means somebody's got to get those. So that's why you're going to see multiple Mountain West. That's why you might see two out of, like, the Valley or two out of the A-10. Uh, uh, by the way, Richmond, big win over Dayton over, over the weekend. Maybe Richmond's going to be the second because Dayton, I think, is uh, pretty set that they're going to get a bid out of the A-10. But back to the Mountain West, Utah State, Nice win at Boise uh, over the weekend. I had I had the points there. I didn't want to go to overtime. I thought it was dead when it went to overtime because that's where underdogs go to die. But Utah State prevailed. New Mexico, San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado State three and four in the conference. But that's a that's a good Colorado State team with a, a senior guard that can lead them, and they've got some powerful wins in the non-conference. Creighton, Colorado uh, beat Washington on a neutral. Already has beaten New Mexico, so. Colorado State, I, I wouldn't worry about them being three and four in the Mountain West. I think they'd be in the NCAA tournament today.
2: Isaiah Stevens, the guard of Colorado State, you're talking about. And um, the Rams host San Diego State on Tuesday night. Aztecs about a week off. Mm-hmm. Interesting handicapping uh, situation there for that San Diego State Colorado State game on Tuesday in the Mountain West. Now, on Saturday. Well, Wes, did you do it again? Did you take the points against North Carolina? And if you did, hopefully you got seven, not six or six and a half.
3: I did, and I actually did got seven and a half uh, very early Friday. Okay. That wasn't available. Uh, that was only available at a couple stores out here in Las Vegas. Uh, seven was available in the morning, then six and a half. So uh, it was a push, basically, on like the closing number, but I got the better of it. I was very, very, very fortunate, though, at the end uh, with Florida State.
2: Uh, R.J. Davis missed a free throw. He did. 75-68, North Carolina one at Florida State. Man, this North Carolina team right now, uh, you know, it's UConn 1, Purdue 2, North Carolina 3. Carolina's playing as good as uh, the number one and two teams.
3: You talk about a conference, too, that's a That's down. How about the ACC? Mm-hmm. There, to me, right now are three tournament teams out of this conference. Now, I think they're going to get one or two more, but North Carolina – Duke, and perhaps Clemson would be the third. Nobody else really in the ACC, but uh, uh, I will bring up. uh, I thought
2: Florida State has a chance. Yeah. that was a chance to get a big-time win, that's why I like the Seminoles in that spot in Tallahassee Mm -hmm. on Saturday. If they beat North Carolina, they're actually going to be on the right side of the tournament bubble, I think, probably because that's the type of win they needed to get.
3: Virginia needs to do some work. Virginia Tech could have helped themselves big time tonight, but they lose at home to Duke. North Carolina, by the way, and I know we're going to get to the Tuesday college basketball card in the final hour. Uh, uh, very interesting spot for North Carolina going to Georgia Tech tomorrow night. There are still some tens here if you're in Las Vegas on the uh, Rambling Wreck, and uh, that that that's calling me again. So I uh, I'm going to get heat from Stuart, the uh, the North Carolina fan, because. I do kind of like the Yellow Jackets here off a three-game losing streak <laughs> against North Carolina, who's just been rolling everybody.
2: Tennessee uh, blew out Vandy 75-62 to in Nashville. How about, that was a
3: close cover at the end. Yeah.
2: How about Kentucky winning 63-57 in Arkansas? You want to talk about point spread hijinks? How about the end of that game where Kentucky misses a free throw? It was Reed Shepard, I believe, missed a free throw. Yeah. Arkansas went the length of the floor and got a layup at the buzzer to cover Yeah. in a six-point loss.
3: Yeah, it was 63-53 with 39 seconds left to go. Ends up 63-57. Uh, uh, Devon, Trevon Brazil still hurt for Arkansas. Devontae Davis has taken a lead from the program. mark Marks been in and out of the lineup with injuries. So Arkansas did get the cover, uh, but – Kentucky gets the win, and Reed Shepard missed that free throw. The thing about Reed Shepard, everybody thinks, "Oh man, this kid, he's just a three, he's just a shooter." And he had a he had a nice dunk in that game on Saturday. There, there's a reason this dude is projected to be a first round draft pick.
2: Two top ten teams lost on the road. West Reynolds, unfortunately, one was not Arizona because I took the points with Oregon, and uh, the Ducks got blown out in their home four. Go figure. Kansas lost by four at Iowa State. That, that line went up to four and a half. That was a five. late
3: cover, too. I believe McCuller right. hit a three at the buzzer. He did.
2: 79-75, Iowa State gets to win. Jayhawks lose. And Ames, and how about Auburn? 64-58, loser at Mississippi Two State. in a row
3: now for Auburn. Miss, Mississippi State is, is a solid team, though, defensively, and they have really good size. They have the big seven-footer, Tolu Smith, back, so... Auburn, you know, all of a sudden when a team starts to get a little bit of love and then they lose a game and then they can lose two or three in a row. And I still thought I think Auburn's very good, but I think it was really their schedule. And that's why I was against them with Alabama last Wednesday, as you were as well. They've kind of played a little bit of the lower SEC schedule. They haven't had to play Alabama yet. They hadn't had to play Kentucky. They hadn't had to play Tennessee, Mississippi State. That's a damn tough place to win on the road, the hump down there in Stark, Vegas. And uh, Bulldogs got Auburn on Saturday.
2: Austin, Texas right now, the center of uh, college basketball tonight. Houston, the number four team in the polls, up 44-40 on Texas with uh, 12.5 minutes to go. And uh, there's a three-point miss. and How about that? The Cougars get the offensive rebound. And they miss another three, but Texas gets that board. Houston's really crashing the offensive boards tonight. And uh, it's not a team with a lot of size, but they are relentless on the boards and on the defensive end of the floor. Let's catch up on the NBA when we come back.
1: VCN
3: tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on send the Sports
1: Betting Network.
2: With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. You're gonna love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com/vcn, you will get four free boneless chicken breasts, four free boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. OmahaStakes.com slash Vcent.
3: Love Bites. Isn't isn't that a Def Leppard song? I uh, you would it is. know.
2: I, I think that sounds familiar. It is. Yeah.
3: Love Bites. Yes. Uh, love at First Bite. Omaha Steaks. OmahaStakes.com slash Vcent.
2: <laughs> Let's take a look at the uh, NBA tonight. And uh, the Rockets just finished off the Lakers 135 to 119. Rockets were one point home dogs in that blowout. Uh, that game. Goes over the total of 235 and a half. Uh, Wes, a lot of uh, good matchups tonight in the association. What's on your radar?
3: Yeah, uh, a couple games uh, uh, going on uh, I'll get to in a moment. Let me get a couple finals in here. 103-94 Kings over Memphis. Uh, Damana Sabonis, 20 points, 26 rebounds uh, uh, for the Lithuanian as they get a win over a shorthanded Memphis team. Minnesota, 107-101 over Oklahoma City. Uh, both those teams, 32-14 and 14 coming in tonight. Battling for that one seed, uh, Ant-Man with 27. uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander with 37, I believe. uh, Still right up there in the chase with the scoring title uh, uh, with uh, Joel Embiid. If he he happens to uh, play enough games, that's why you see his MVP odds, as Doug Kazarian pointed out last week on this show. Because I think he has five more games that he can miss before he's not eligible for MVP. And by the way, Joel Embiid not going tonight in Portland. That's a late game on the schedule, Portland 18-16 in the first quarter. The other two games in progress, Milwaukee and Denver, a very good game going on right now, 67-65. to Denver, uh, 6.50 left to go in the third. So still a lot of time there between uh, uh, two uh, two uh, recent NBA champions, of course the defending champion being the Denver Nuggets so nice to see uh, everybody healthy or at least every star playing in that game and uh, uh, Denver up by two also Orlando and Dallas Orlando has kind of been one of the nice surprises of the year they're falling off a little bit but still over 500 uh, Paulo Boncaro with 25 for the Magic and Dallas uh, leads 96-94 I saw something as I was looking uh, behind us at the book that game was on here in, at Circa Luka Doncic, by the way, in his last two games has only rested five minutes. That's incredible. He played – and by the way, it was a back-to-back. He played Friday night, Luka. He played 44 minutes and scored 73 points, 25 to 33 from the floor. So I played the under on his props on Saturday, and they got there. But boy, man, they made you sweat for it, too, because I thought, okay, back to back, they're going to rest Luka a little bit. No, nope, he played 46 minutes.
2: He came back and played 46 today. He next played
3: 46 night. on Saturday, 28 points, 10 rebounds, and 17 wow. assists. Still went under, by the way, on his points, rebounds, and all his points. He was only 9 of 26 from the floor, 1 of 9 from three. He's probably tired. And then he's playing a full game tonight. I don't, I don't think he's, he's been out for very much. Just looking at the box score right now. Now, there's still 10 and a half minutes left to go in the, in the fourth quarter. He's already played 31 tonight, or 32 minutes, and he's got 31 points, 7 rebounds, and 10 assists. They just gonna take him out, man. I mean,
2: if you can wear out your star player in the middle of January, yeah. go ahead and like, do like, it.
3: Well, like, I'm, I'm all for, you know, hey, guys playing, but you can do load management in-game. It's like you don't have to play the dude 40-plus minutes every single night, Jason Speaking kid.
2: of what you uh, mentioned about Joel Embiid, do you think he's going to uh, miss more than the five games?
3: I do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, as I was looking at that, I was like, if you were, if they didn't have that rule, he would be the favorite just because of the stupid numbers he's been putting up. But the fact of the matter is they're in a championship fight here. I think there's a clear top three in the East, Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, whatever order you want to put them in. And then you've kind of got, I think, the Pacers and the Cavs maybe just below. But I don't think they're at that top three, even though the Cavs got a nice win over the Clippers, who've been red hot tonight. Uh, but I don't think – I think he's going to miss more than five games. I absolutely do, so that, that's tough to bet Joel Embiid on MVP because I, I looked and I even saw that price. I was like, man, that's kind of an attractive price here. Like, this guy should be the favorite, but there's a reason why he's not, as we pointed out.
2: You know, a lot of people are acting like uh, Sunday was very depressing for the De- Detroit sports fans, mm-hmm. and I beg to differ, Wes, because the Pistons were 12.5-point home underdogs, and they beat OKC 120-104. to 104. Why would you be so upset about the Lions when the Pistons got a big win?
3: Absolutely. Like Give, given some inspiration to Detroit. Who, now, Now Detroit, Detroit uh, Mercy, the college basketball team, uh, they're still winless, by the way.
2: Nobody cares.
3: I about just about thought Pist- I would mention that, though.
2: The Pist- yeah, they are winless. And uh, Mike Davis not going to hold that job long. But the Pistons, 120-104 to 104 over OKC as 12.5-point underdogs on Sunday. Completely overlooked in the sports world because the Lions blew the game against San Francisco. The
3: Pistons uh, now have six wins, uh, still the least in the league, but not too far behind the Washington Wizards, who are 9-37. and Charlotte is 10-35. and The worst in the West, though, of course, is San Antonio, 10-37. and That's a frustrating team just as a fan, and maybe sometimes even if you bet props to watch, because they do a minutes restriction for Victor Wembanyama, And I'm like, He's the only reason for you to go watch this team in San Antonio. Why are you doing this, Greg Popovich? Uh,
2: Popovich's trying to prove he's smarter than everyone else. We're going to manage this kid carefully the right way and bring him along and develop him the way we know is best. I think Pop should retire. I I, I do too. Well, well, I
3: think he should let this kid play is what is what he should do and, and let him get there. Pop experience. also goes
2: off in these tangents, these political tangents in his uh, press game p- pre and post game news conferences. Mm-hmm. He's gotten very opinionated on a lot of topics. He yeah. seems like he's very grumpy all the time. Yeah, so,
3: they, he, he 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 is uh, he's polarizing for sure.
2: You know, Paul Bovey's, uh can be polarizing for um some of the listeners, viewers of our show. Paul
3: Mexico? Yeah.
2: Because he comes out, he's very opinionated. He said the Niners were going to roll. They were going to blow out the uh, Lions. But he had a bunch of prop plays, and he won.
3: ball had a, a damn good week, had by a great the way, week. on the props. Great so. week.
2: So he's winning all the props. But if you followed him on that 49ers opinion, it didn't get there. But he, he had a bunch of winners he gave out on the show. He's a I Knicks played fan.
3: one of his props, by the way. Justice Hill over yeah. receiving yards. So thank you, Paul.
2: He's a Knicks fan. He's crushed over this Julius Randle injury. Tonight, the Knicks were nine-point favorites at Charlotte, and they won the game 113-92. to 92. What do you uh, make of the Randle injury, uh, its importance, its impact on the Knicks going forward?
3: Yeah, and, and look, you obviously want to get him back because the Knicks, by the way – They've been red hot since they traded for OG Ananobi, who, who, by the way, also missed tonight. But the Knicks, no problem, 113-92. to 92. Uh, Jalen Brunson with 32. You're going to get a lot of Jalen Brunson tax props, but you still probably want to go over. He had 32. How about uh, uh, Dante DiVincenzo with 28 tonight? Uh, the Knicks' starting lineup, by the way, was uh, Brunson, DiVincenzo, Isaiah Hartenstein, who's back, and he's still on a minutes restriction. Josh Hart and Precious Achua. No Randall tonight. No OG Ananobi. We know Mitchell Robinson has been hurt, so the Knicks uh, playing well. But look, you need to get Randall back. They they don't have a lot of size down there. Uh, Hartenstein is basically down there to rebound and defend. He's not really a scorer, even though he had ten tonight. Uh, and then because they they play Jericho Sims as well off the bench, but the Knicks don't have a ton of size and really a ton of depth now. So they got to get Randall back, uh, but at least Ananobi being there, I think, can kind of help weather the storm.
2: The Celtics were down big tonight. They came back, rallied, took out the uh, Pelicans 118-112, to 112. did not cover his eight-point home favorites. Wes, quick look at the uh, Tuesday card and the association. The Pacers are in Boston. The Lakers playing a back-to-back in Atlanta. The Knicks are at home against Utah. And also tomorrow night, the Sixers are in San Francisco to face Golden State.
3: Yeah, obviously you want to monitor if if Tyrese Halliburton is going to be back for Boston. Uh, reports were that he was, that he's going to be, but you've got to wait for that, and that's why you don't have any lines out. Uh, Miles Turner, by the way, also missed uh, Sunday's game against Memphis with a back issue. I think he's going to be okay. But uh, Boston off a of back-to-back, and they did have to come back tonight against the Pelicans. We know Porzingis uh, out with the knee. Uh, issue That's really the main uh, injury for Boston. So uh, i got to wait on that number. L.A. and Atlanta, Trey Young just came back a couple games ago with his concussion. So we'll see if LeBron I, I – got to think one of LeBron or A.D. is going to sit out the back-to-back tomorrow in Atlanta.
4: All
2: right. Hour number three tonight, we're going to take a look at some Super Bowl odds history. Also uh, talk more about the uh, matchup between the 49ers and the Chiefs. Right here in Las Vegas. Did you ever think you're gonna see a Super Bowl in Las Vegas? I did not. I did. I just didn't know if it was gonna be twenty forty or it to be twenty twenty four. It's funny, Wes, because when I moved to Vegas in August two thousand, I thought within ten years, I think there's gonna be a major league franchise here. It actually took what seventeen? Right. It was two thousand seventeen with the NHL and the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Mm-hmm. And we get a Super Bowl seven years later. All it took was one league to knock the door down and then everybody came rushing. Uh, to Vegas. Plenty of Super Bowl betting talk in the final hour tonight. We're going to get back to college hoops and golf after a quick break.
3: VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: If you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSIN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code VSIN. Promo code VSIN. How about that, Wes? Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we didn't think we'd have that <laughs> maybe about 10 years ago.
2: We launched uh, v send seven years ago on Super Bowl Sunday. We actually put up the website in January. We started working the second week of January uh, to get this network off the ground. Come a long way in seven years, and so has the sports betting uh, relationship with uh, the Pro League.
3: Yeah, the league may, may have uh, finally come along. They were, uh, they were so uh anti-gambling before, but uh, but when when they found out there was cash to be made, they came along for the ride.
2: Don't know who's going to get the cash in this uh, Houston Cougars-Texas Longhorns game in Austin. When we took a break, Texas had a 54-48 lead. Well, the Cougars grabbed an offensive rebound, hit a three. Texas got stuffed, got a shot blocked. Cougars went down in transition, hit a three. Texas got denied on the offensive end. I think it was a turnover. Cougars went down, hit a three. Nine straight points in less than a minute, yeah. and Houston went from down six to up three with just over six minutes and to And this
3: go. is an okay Houston team. Actually, their percentage is better than I thought at 35.3%. Uh, but this is a team that, you know, when I was watching that game on Saturday, I think it might have been Fran Sheila on the call. He usually does most of the big, big 12 games uh, for ESPN. And he was saying, this team can win even when they're not making shots because of their defense, because they force turnovers, because they get rebounds. And, uh, you know, you see it right here, uh, uh, by the way, Houston minus two and a half even money at DraftKings, 138 and a half on the live total, minus $2 on the money line, plus 154 if you like the Longhorns. Jamal Shedd hits another one. He's been the man of the hour for Houston Twenty-three
2: tonight. Shed's tough. I'll tell you this: if you're going to play Houston, I'll give you the scouting report right now. Put your best defender on Jamal Shed and double him whenever possible. Make him give up the a- ball.
3: Absolutely, you yeah. got to make some of these other guys beat you. LJ Crier, by the way, Baylor transfer, uh, uh, his uh, running mate there in the backcourt. But yeah, got a very good game here. Five minutes left to go down in Austin, and it is fifty-nine, fifty-eight Cougars.
2: Shed ten for eighteen from the floor tonight. Yep, one-point game with five minutes to go. Houston closed a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And the total closed 129-and-a-half. Some spots had 130. West, this was such a slow-paced, low-scoring game early. It looked like it was going to go under. Now it's going to go over. They were at 117 points with four-and-a-half minutes yeah, to go. Yeah,
3: second-half total, I believe, was a 69, some 68-and-a-half. And – Trying to see if there was any movement uh, really pretty much stayed the same from where it opened because the total did close, uh, what did that close, 129. So second half total would have made it like 127, 127.5. So very thin margin when you have uh, very few possessions in a game like this.
2: Earlier tonight, Duke, a three and a half, four point favorite on the road of Virginia Tech. Gets the win seventy seven sixty seven so good win for the Blue Devils after they survived a scare at home against Clemson on Saturday.
3: Yeah, and what do and, you
2: make of this Duke team? Because I keep thinking the ceiling's high for the Blue Devils who got so much talent. I think well they're going to peak late. I keep I keep waiting.
3: Yeah, look, they're they're a very good shooting team, and they don't turn the ball over. Defensively, I think that they're relatively solid. Uh, you know. They're, they're tough to get shots off against, but there has looked to be something missing. And I think maybe it's just because you have, you know, you have two freshmen in the starting lineup with uh, Jared McCain and Caleb Foster, two senior, two, uh, one senior with Jeremy Roach, and then Proctor, the Aussie where when they moved Proctor to point guard last year, I thought that they were better. Now he missed uh, uh, a few games already this season. Filipowski has looked every bit the player of the year, right now. He's certainly going to be on the short list for that, but you know, you got to see what their depth is going to be, and this is what they're trying to improve on. I think at this point in the season is their depth. Uh, uh, They played the kid young who actually had a big game off the bench. Remember he was a, uh, he was a uh, Northwestern transfer uh, uh, and then uh, came to Duke last year, now in his senior year. And uh, Sean Stewart, they play a little bit, uh, but he plays spot minutes. So Duke basically right now only has about a seven-man rotation, but Look, this team I think is a team that could get to the Final Four. Now, people are so used to Duke kind of being a disappointment in recent years in the NCAA tournament, but this team's got some some good solid wins. Uh, Beat Baylor, beat Michigan State. um, You know, have a couple good wins in the conference, Clemson included with that. And we're going to see how good they are. I I would actually lean Blue Devils on Saturday. Now, ordinarily, these are two teams I would want to go against.
2: (laughs) You're going to to bet against North Carolina in every game.
3: Well, I want to to see before I do that what the (laughs) result is tomorrow night. But when you get these teams that get on winning streaks, and I talk about uh, I call them the fat and happies, when you get these ranked teams that win three or four or more in a row, because it's tough to do that at this time of year. When two of them play each other, I usually will lean the underdog more often than not. And I think Duke's going to be an underdog in Chapel Hill on Saturday. Probably about five. I would say maybe four and a half at Chapel Hill on Saturday. Really? I
2: yes. think it's going to be more. Yeah, more. I didn't. I didn't look up to Ken Palm numbers. If that game's in Chapel Hill, I think it's more.
3: He might be right. I, I was thinking five is kind of a ballpark because I think seven's too high. And I think three is too low.
2: Are we playing guessing the lines here?
3: No, I guess. we. uh, Yeah, I got to have my uh, little Karnak the Magnificent.
2: Actually, you do do that after the line's already out. (laughs) So I I was going to say Carolina, I was thinking at least six. Could this kid, be this Carolina team's red hot right we now. Gotta, we got
3: we got to see how they look against Georgia right. Tech. That's a little bit of a tricky spot tomorrow. I know well, that. Let's team's talk lost about three that right now. Six
2: twenty nine, six thirty on tomorrow's rotation. Carolina looked like somewhere opened an eleven point favorite. I'm going to double check here. What DraftKings opened right now? It's North Carolina minus nine at Georgia Tech, and DraftKings actually opened this eleven and a half. Went to ten and a half, ten nine and a half. Now down to nine. So Wes, is that? Is that, uh, is that your money on uh, Georgia Tech uh, no
3: Not yet. Uh, there are still a couple 10s, by the way, if, if you want to find that. That's out here in, uh, in Las Vegas, though. But, yeah, I, I do kind of like Georgia Tech in, in the spot here. North Carolina, look, they've been winning, and that's the bottom line, and you never apologize for wins right. at all. But the game at BC was close. You know, that was their biggest lead, by the way, was at the end of the game where they won by 10. I think they were like eight, eight-and-a-half-point favorites there. And BC was within the number of the whole time. Then against Wake Forest, close game uh, where Wake Forest, I think, actually had the lead uh, for much of the first half. Led early in the second half, and then Carolina just went on a stupid run and ended up blowing out Wake Forest. And then the game Saturday, got ahead of Florida State. I think a 19-8 run to start the game. And then Florida State took an eight point lead early in the second half. And North Carolina, look, they just found ways uh, to win. And that's what they do. And they do that because they're such a good rebounding team. They're the best, arguably one of the best in the country. Uh, When you have Baycott down there, when you have Ingram, you know, their guards, I think, are solid rebounders. Uh, RJ Davis, Cormac Ryan, Winters, they are very solid rebounders for guards. So they go to Georgia Tech, who. You know, now reality's setting in a little bit because this was a team that, of course, beat Mississippi State earlier in the year, beat Duke, uh, won the uh, Rainbow Classic out in – or actually, no, they finished uh, runner-up, I'm sorry, to Nevada. Wow, oh, yeah. Diamond the, Head Classic. Yeah, and the Diamond Classic. <laughs> it used to be the Rainbow Classic. Lost that
2: game by eight as six-and-a-half-point underdogs when they fouled with one second to go and Nevada hit two yeah. free
3: throws. Uh, other than the Virginia Tech game on Sunday, they've actually been competitive, whether it's wins or losses, Uh Lost by 11 to Florida State, lost by eight at home to BC, lost by seven at home to Notre Dame in overtime, lost by five in the rematch at Duke, beat Clemson on the road and Littlejohn by three in double overtime, lost by nine to UVA, lost by eight to Pitt, and then got blown out by Virginia Tech. But Stoudemire's guys look up, you know, they, they, are, they are a team that's not a very good three point shooting team. I think they want to be because that's kind of the NBA way, you know, now with teams how they're playing, like three in rim raid is what it's called. Shoot threes or get shots at the rim and don't take mid-range. And that's what Stoudemire is trying to bring in. He was on Edoka's staff, of course, with the uh, uh, Boston Celtics. So that's what he's trying to incorporate. They're still a little bit down on talent, but I do like them in the spot tomorrow against North Carolina.
2: Well, it would have helped if you bet it early because that number's, like I said, moved from 11.5 I to know, nine. I
3: know, yeah, I saw 11 gotta on Got the... to jump
2: on some of these games overnight when these numbers open, man, they move fast. They're, they're
3: moving uh, before we get off the air, uh, man.
2: So it looks like 9.5 might be the best you can do right now if you want to take Tech as a home dog. You would think that's a good spot with a Duke game on deck, too. Yeah, uh, I, I,
3: think, I think so. Back-to-back
2: and, road games for the And, and Georgia
3: games. Tech, they probably should have a, a good crowd down there uh, for North Carolina tomorrow night.
2: All right, Texas came out of a timeout, and d took a mid-range 17-foot jumper and missed it. How would you design a play like that out of a timeout? That's poor coach.
3: That's like, that's like Mike Woodson stuff, designing that's, mid-range instead of three on. and rim.
2: Super Bowl betting talk, college hoops, NBA golf, and the final hour.